we're just so glad that you're here this morning. Um, I hope you're ready to just dive into the Word. Before I get into our new series and the message, I want to highlight our uh, Go and Love um, project for this month. And we're halfway through January, and so this month we are doing um, a drive for the Union Gospel Mission, uh, the Twin Cities Union Gospel Mission. It's located in St. Paul, and so what we're going to do is a drive for them. Um, it, you can get all the information that you need out at the info bar on the, the right front corner of the info bar. There's a sheet that looks just like this. Lots of info on it. Um, the most important thing is the items that they need versus the items that they can't use. And so we don't want to give them items that they can't use because then they have to do the extra work in throwing them out, and that's counterproductive. That's not helpful. Um, but yeah, uh, items that they can use are seasonal clothing, uh, men's, women's, and children's, um, uh, coats, hats, gloves, um, shoes, big things. So yeah, clothing, clothing uh, shampoo, deodorant, shaving cream, toothpaste, toothbrush, that kind of stuff, not used. Um, uh, bed sheets for twin size bed, new or used. Um, blankets that aren't used. And then uh, towels that are new or like you use them once. Used towel can be kind of gross. Um, and they also take money donations as well, it says on here. And so you can find out more information on that. We're going to be collecting for the next few Sundays, and then we're going to give them the donation. And so I'm really looking forward to that. We'll have a box out there next Sunday, and we'll start the collection and the drive for this month. Um, and then we'll get sign-up sheets going for what we're doing next month, which you'll find out next week. I love this because it leaves you unhinged, and I know information that you don't know, and for some reason that makes me feel good. Um, maybe I got to go to a counselor or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's our Go and Love project for this month, and we're really excited. So I'd love to have you join me in donating and giving something. Go buy something if you don't have anything to give um, to people in need. We're starting a brand new series. Uh, I want to start off each year uh, and do a, the same series at the beginning. And so this was the first series that we ever did as a church, and now we're returning back to it. Uh, it's just a series on our culture as a church, and the series is titled Culture, because um, we're talking about culture. So we're not talking about culture as in American culture or Midwestern, like not like we're talking about agape church is culture, the culture that we want to create and who we want to be. Uh, and we love in our leadership, or maybe just I love, so we all love, uh, this word culture. We love this word culture because for me, culture goes beyond value. Culture is, it's beyond something you value. It's part of who you are. So these are things not only do we value, but we want it to be part of who we are. And I believe that culture supersedes value. And um, culture is great because it, you take culture with you when you leave this place. And that's one thing that's big with us. We don't want to just gather just to gather. We want to gather to go influence and show the love of Jesus to the world. Um, and so that culture that we believe we're creating, you take with you as individuals, and then it's an identifier when you come in. It's, a, it's just a, a unity, unifying piece when you come in and gather. Does that make sense? Um, 
And so I always like to say that everything that you do creates culture. Everything that you do creates culture. And so as a church, everything that I do for, as a leader creates culture, good or bad. <laughs> but it creates it. So good or bad depends on what you're doing. And so that's why, to me, culture, you can say that you value something, but when you show that you value something, that takes it from a word to a culture, if that makes sense. And that, that's what we want to create here. It's beyond value. You guys with me? So I think it's very important for us to start off each year with um, just a four-part series on the main four aspects of our culture here at Agape, which if you don't know, uh, that's my fault, um, it's community, process, presence, and action. That encompasses, I think that makes sense to everyone, encompasses everything that we are about and, and aiming towards and trying to build community, process, presence, and action. And so this week, we'll start off at the beginning, and I'm going to talk to you guys about community. Community. And so in order to go deeper into this topic, I just want to look at Acts chapter 4, or chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. If you want to throw that up on the screen here, we can read this together. This is in the ESV translation. It says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were, were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing them, and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. I like that because that's what we're going to do next month, or the, the rest of this month, 46. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. They were having people over for dinner every week. That is opposite of Minnesota, if I've ever heard anything. <laughs> Praising God and having favor, favor uh, with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that this morning you can just give me the words to say, and I'll, and I'll preach with your power, not my own. Lord, we ask for an increased awareness of your presence in this room right now. Open our hearts and our ears to hear and receive from you. We invite you in. God, teach us and show us who you are. Show us who we are and how you see us instead of how we see ourselves this morning. Lord, we just want to know you and be known by you. We ask this all in your name. Amen. I want to speak to you guys this morning from the subject of the community complex. 
the community complex. Because uh, I think community has a complex involved in it, and we'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, I just have three points. I know sometimes I've been trying to preach one, but this one has three, so deal with it. Um, the first point this morning is this. It's community is devoted. Community is devoted. If you're taking notes, you can write that down, or it'll be giant up on the screen any second. Now, community is devoted. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and breaking of bread and the prayers. Now, if you dissect all those, all of those things have uh, to do with community. But they were devoted to those things. Sam, could you throw that up on the screen? Um, they were devoted to those things. I love the word fellowship. Uh, this whole passage is titled The Fellowship of Believers. If you have your Bibles and you opened up, you might have seen that it was called The Fellowship of Believers. And fellowship, I wrote down the definition, so I actually put work into this message so you can see here. Uh, it's this, friendly association, especially with people who shares one's interests. Fellowship, that's what it is. Friendly association, especially with people who shares one's interests. I want to point something out that kind of jumped out to me. The word interests was used, but not the word beliefs. So you can have fellowship with someone and believe something completely different. That's anti to how I was raised. I thought that in order to have friends, they had to believe the same thing that I believe in order for me to associate with them. But this says a friendly association with it, usually with an interest, because interest is just an easy way to talk. Like, I love motorcycles, and I like to build and ride motorcycles. So when I meet a guy who's into motorcycles, we can talk literally for hours because we have the same interest. Um, it just happens so easy. Uh, but I love that he uses the word interests and not beliefs. So we can have fellowship with people who don't believe the same thing that we believe. Am I talking to anyone this morning? I think that's a good, that's encouraging. That to me takes the weight off my shoulders and makes me realize that I don't have to agree with someone to associate with them and to love them and to be in community with them. That's the culture that I want our church to have. It's great to have associating interests, but associating belief, in order for that to happen and for someone to believe every single, the same exact thing that you believe, that's called manipulation, and that's not community, that's a cult. I want community. They were devoted to fellowship and associating around interest. I think in 2020, especially in America, uh, our, the culture is shifting from a Christian culture to a post-Christian culture, which we talked about almost all summer. Um, and so now is the time for us to be more about love and relationship and less about share, like not sharing our beliefs, but more about showing our beliefs. I think that's how we win culture now. That's how we show people who, how good Jesus is, is by showing them our beliefs rather than simply sharing our beliefs. If I show someone my belief, then I almost don't even have to say it. But when I do, then it resonates so much more. But they've heard it all before. They've seen it all. But they haven't seen it all before. 
they were devoted. Uh, you're devoted to something when you recognize that you need it. You're devoted to something when you recognize that you need it. I was talking to Chase the other day, and I'm going to throw you under the bus a little bit. Sorry, I love you. Um, and he was talking to me about his coffee addiction and how he drinks a lot of coffee. And then he started a really good habit because he was always tired and, and felt worn down and like his brain wasn't functioning properly. He started drinking one cup of water to every cup of coffee because the problem wasn't that he was drinking too much coffee. The problem was he was only drinking coffee all day, every day. And he started drinking one cup of water per one cup of coffee, which is healthy. And then he started drinking two cups of water to one cup of coffee, and then he started feeling fantastic. And then he realized, wow, I need water to function properly. And then now he's, what, he's, he consistently drinks water. It's the same way with community. I think a lot of times we don't engage in authentic, true community because we don't realize that we need it. But in order to function properly as a follower of Jesus, or even as a human being, you need community. We're created for community. It's that the essence of our DNA is, is a longing and a desire and a need for community. That's why I love that the disciples were devoted to community. That's what we're created for, and so... A lot, a lot of us in here, we need to recognize our need for community. We can't go through life alone. Our culture is becoming more and more isolated and, and more and more lonely. Depression is getting higher and higher because people are withdrawing because they feel like they're connecting to other humans, but you're not connecting to another human if you're only looking at their life through a four-by-four a, a four square picture on a phone as you scroll by. That's not community. But we think, oh, I know what's going on with this person. I saw it on Instagram. Instagram doesn't help anything. We need community. We need people to lift our burdens, to, to share with, to process with. We need to be honest and genuine and authentic with people. It's part of what we need as humans. But the community complex is that being vulnerable with someone is often the most scary thing. The community complex is that you need community to function properly as a human being and times it by two to function properly if you're a follower of Jesus. You need community. But the complex is that with our need and our demand for community comes an equal uh, size risk with vulnerability. So community is, it's impossible to function properly without it, but to get it, you have to risk everything. I have to risk my vulnerability. I have to risk someone knowing something about me that I might, they might uh, walk away. They might not want me. They wa might not want anything to do with me if they knew this. And then it goes
greatest hindrance to community is us staying to ourselves. What if? What if I'm vulnerable with this person and they find out who I really am? Are they going to accept me? What if they open up about my past and my regrets and they don't want anything to do with me because of who I was and what I've done? They don't, they don't want me. What if I get really close to people and, and we are vulnerable and our relationship does deepen and then they end up leaving and I'm left hurt again? What if I get close to someone and my community collapses on itself and I'm left alone, broken, no spirit? With vulnerability comes risks of the what if. But if we don't engage in authentic community, if we don't open up, then you're going to miss out on the greatest blessing for your soul that's possible, and that's just a relationship with another human being. And almost every time, if we're not being, being vulnerable and honest with people, we're not being vulnerable and honest with the Lord. And if we're not being vulnerable and honest with the Lord, then we're never going to change because he can't change what we don't unveil to him. He has the power to, but he, he won't do it. I need to say, Jesus, I need help here, and then he can change me. I need to tell people, I need help with this. I'm struggling with this. Then I can get accountability to walk through the mess. But I want to tell you guys this morning that it's okay to struggle. It's okay to have regrets from bad decisions. It's okay for your life to be a mess. It's okay to have doubts on if God exists or not. It's okay, but what's not okay is that you don't tell anyone those doubts or those fears or those regrets and you don't open up about it because then you're going to live the most isolated life because community gives you strength and intimacy and pulling away from community keeps you isolated and weak. If you want to walk through life isolated and weak, continue to shut yourself up from community. And it's crazy because you can be talking and in relationship with people, but that doesn't mean that you're in community with someone. Community is devoted. That's where devotion comes into this whole thing. Because devotion, if you're devoted to community, it supersedes all the what-ifs. If I choose that I'm devoted to this and I value community over risk and over the what if and over the unknown, then community is easy. See, the problem is not that we have, as a church have not given us access to community. The problem is that a lot of times as humans, we don't take opportunity of the access that we've been given because we're afraid. And I get that. 
But I hope that we can start to open up with people and talk about stuff and struggle with stuff because that's what the church is supposed to be. But that won't happen unless you're devoted to community. Community is devoted. Number two, community is all-inclusive. Community is all-inclusive. I've been married for what, like almost seven years? Holy crap. Um, I'm getting old. I feel old. I feel it. Um, Seven years. So seven years ago, we went on our honeymoon to Mexico. It was awesome. Um, And we went to this resort, and uh, we hadn't traveled much. We had no money. I was in college still, so we were broke, broke. There's broke, and then there's college and married broke. There's going to college broke, and then there's college and married broke. There's one year out of college and married broke, and then there's in college and married broke. You don't understand it until you've been there, and we were broke. So I did not imagine in my wildest dreams that something being all-inclusive even existed. So we got to this resort, and we walk in, and... um, we look at, like, in the fridge, and there's a bunch of, like, Diet Coke and such and, and like, packed with stuff. There's snacks everywhere. And I walk in, and my instinct growing up uh, is I walk in, and you don't even look at what the hotel room has to offer anywhere else. You walk in, it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I used to work at Lifetime Fitness, and I had to clean the locker room. It was horrible. And that's, I was like, Eyes down, eyes down. I'm going to get to where I'm going because I don't want to see what's going on in the locker room because you can't unsee that. Um, They didn't pay me enough. (laughs) But that's how it was, walking into a hotel room. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not going to even look at that Snickers bar because then I'm going to eat it and it's going to charge $60 to my... No. But we walk in and like... This is all inclusive. So I can just open this and, like, have a sip of this Coke. And it tastes like it's covered. My mind was blown. And we had to, like, double check with, like, we understood about um, at dinner, like, all oh, the meals are included. But it was the hotel room, the stuff, the fact that everything in there was, was added in and already prepaid. That blew my mind. And I didn't know how to process that. I was broke, broke, as broke as you can be. Um, and it was amazing. And I ne- have never left out so many half-drinking cans of pop and so many half-eaten bags of chips because it was all-inclusive. <laughs> and the best part was that if you took something out of the fridge then you went down to the pool or walked around the island or whatever, you came back to your room and it was replaced brand new. It was awesome. It was all inclusive. It was all included and prepaid. What if the church was all inclusive? What if the church was all inclusive? And 
we didn't feel like we had to be a certain status or a certain way or know a certain amount about the Bible or have a certain amount of morality under control before we were accepted. See, I've noticed, and uh, honestly, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, I don't want to bash church because I don't know if it's all of the church's fault or what, Um, but there's this mentality, for me at least, like, when you walk into church, I feel like you think I have to be a certain way to, to belong here, and then once, like, if I give my life to Jesus, then I have to be constantly progressing and becoming better and a better person. And, and then as long as I'm becoming better, then I continue to belong. I don't know if that's because back in the day the church made that culture and then we inherited it. Could be. I have no idea. I don't know if it's just us as humans and we created a false narrative and so we walk in thinking that it. I don't know if that's how some of us think about Jesus. Again, probably based off five bad Christians that have given Jesus and the church a really bad name. But then we walk in and we feel like, oh, I have to keep on getting better. I have to keep on getting better and improving in order to fit, to fit in here. And so I look at that, and that to me is the opposite of the gospel. That's the opposite of what Jesus preached. That's the opposite of how God the Father operated even in Jesus' life. I love the narrative of before Jesus' ministry, when he was about 30 years old, he got baptized. And the moment he was baptized, he hadn't done a single day of ministry. He hadn't done a single thing to fulfill the mission that, that God the Father gave him on earth. He hadn't saved or healed one person at this point. He got baptized, and God said, this is my son, and I'm pleased with him. God was pleased with Jesus What? Before he carried out his mission. Jesus' ministry started with acceptance. So community here at this church, it starts with acceptance. When you walk in here, you are accepted. I want this to be a place where it's okay if you doubt. I'm not afraid of your doubts. Let's talk through your doubts because every time I doubt, And I do doubt, even as a pastor, I process doubts. But at the bottom of my doubts, I find intimacy with God. Every step and big breakthrough that I have with God started at the pit of doubt. And if I wouldn't have allowed myself the grace to get there, then I wouldn't be who I am today. And I don't know if it's because we don't allow ourselves or if it's because church has bad culture. But I want to let you know it's okay if you doubt here. We're not afraid of your doubt. We're not afraid of your mess. We're not afraid of your past. We're not afraid of who you are. We aren't afraid of it. You are accepted here. Because community is all-inclusive, and it starts, it begins with acceptance. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to prove it. You don't have to serve on a team. You don't have to lead a small group. You don't have to prove or earn anything. If you walk in this building, you are accepted. And I want to take it a step further. Let's accept the people that we associate with outside of this place. Culture of acceptance should supersede a church service if we're going to supersede that as a culture of Christians. I need to accept people outside of this place and love them, listen, without agenda. 
that's all inclusive. That's me. I'm loving you without an agenda because I'm so in love with Jesus and I, and I feel so accepted by him and I have such a clear, healthy picture of who I am in his eyes. I can't help but express that outwardly to you. That's community. That's love. That's following Jesus. Following Jesus is showing the love and the grace that you've been given because the reality is no matter how long that you've been following Jesus, if you have, no matter how, uh, your how much your life is put together, no matter how moral you are, no matter when the last time you committed a sin was, at some point Jesus accepted you in your mess. He accepted you in your mess. He accepted you in your failures. He accepted you with your mistakes, with your regrets, with your filth, with your sin, with your fear, with your doubt, with your worry. He accepted you, and your relationship with Jesus and your community with him started with acceptance. And then you went from there. That's the culture our church is going to have. We start with acceptance. Now, just so I don't get nailed on this, there's a higher standard for leadership, okay? But not a higher, there's no standard for acceptance into the community. There's a higher standard for me, because I'm a pastor. There's a higher standard for our staff. Our staff has to be pretty close in agreement and alignment with belief, yes. It's a higher standard for Matt leading worship and Adeline leading worship and the leaders of the A-teams and the leaders of the small groups. Yes, there's an alignment that has to happen. But what I'm saying is for you to be accepted into the community here, there is no standard. You're accepted. Before you give your life to Jesus, before you believe anything, even if you have given your life to Jesus and you disagree with me on something, I'm okay with one of us is wrong, but if we both love Jesus, we're going to both get to heaven. So I'll see you there. Community is, is all-inclusive. You're accepted where you are, but listen, I don't want you to stay there. Because if, if you're accepted but not growing, then I'm a bad leader. I'm a bad pastor. So the goal is not for you to stay who you are and where you are right now. The goal is for you to be accepted and then begin growing. You don't have to grow to be accepted, but you grow from acceptance. But I want us to be all becoming more like Jesus. Let's not stay where we are. Let's grow. But grow with the freedom of knowing that I don't have to prove anything to Jesus to be accepted. I'm continuing. I'm constantly accepted as long as I'm in relation with him. The only way that you are rejected is if you choose to walk away. There's no pressure. There's no, oh, they messed up. Now they, no. We want to be growing, but growing with grace. Don't forget grace. Because grace doesn't just cover 
as I said before, it doesn't just cover your past, it covers your process. Grace doesn't just cover your past, it covers your process as well. So I want to lead a church that starts with accepting, that doesn't ask questions right away, that just accepts and loves people. Is anybody with me? That's who we want to be. That's where we want to go. That's the culture that we, we want to create. Amen? Point number three. Matt, you can come up and play guitar so that I stop talking soon. Point number three is this. Community grows. Community grows. So community is devoted. Community is all-inclusive. And community grows. You want to know where I got these points from? Refer to the passage that I read at the beginning. It's all in there. But it grows. It's all-inclusive. It's not a click. And in true, authentic community, there is no until. There's no until. What I mean by that is, oh, so-and-so, they're in, and we love them, and we accept them until they... Oh, you're welcome here until there is no until here. You're welcome. You are loved. You're valued. Why? Because Jesus loves and values every single one of us in this place and outside this Community grows. Uh, authentic, true community is welcoming to new people. Whether they agree or disagree, whether they look like, talk like, act like you, doesn't matter. They're welcome. Let's get rid of comfort. God's been teaching me uh, that comfort and safety are two different things. We just are in the process. I guess I don't want to like announce it too early just in case something falls through. Or, but we're buying a house. We're supposed to close mid-February um, in, in North Minneapolis. And I grew up in a small town. And then now, right now I live in the nicest, safest neighborhood in the Twin Cities, I think. Minicata Vista. You can look it up. I'm th I think it's like literally the highest rated neighborhood. And we're moving to um, right in the middle, the thick of North Minneapolis. I call it the Wild West of Minneapolis. <laughs> um, and we were, our house is beautiful. It's awesome. And I was struggling with it, though, because, like, this, I don't feel comfortable. And immediately, the fact that I didn't feel comfortable made me feel unsafe. See, that's part of the human condition. I'm not comfortable, therefore I'm not, uns or therefore I'm not safe. That is not true. And I just felt God speak to my spirit. There's a difference between safety and comfort. I'm, he, he said to me, I'm going to push you into uncomfortable places, but I will keep you safe. See, if I feel uncomfortable, that's okay. If I feel unsafe, that means I don't trust God. So safety has to do with a lack of trust in God. Comfort has to do with our own human uh, preferences. And now growing authentic community 
separates comfort and safety and says, I might feel uncomfortable because this person is completely different than me. But I choose to trust God and I feel safe. I feel peace. I feel the love of Jesus. And so I can do something that's uncomfortable. And until we're willing to get uncomfortable, I don't think we can change the world or influence culture at all. So we have to learn to be uncomfortable and to welcome new people and accept everyone that walks through these doors. I was talking to someone the other week, one of my friends, and they were telling me about how at work, at one of their old jobs, they felt more accepted and loved and more grace uh, in their work community, which was filled with people who were the opposite of followers of Jesus. They felt more acceptance and love and grace there than they did in the church. Church, they felt like I had to put on a front and I had to be a certain person, and so I had to have my everything in, in order before I came because I had to show this projection of who I think that people want me to be. Not here. Here we show our darkness, and that's okay. I show it from stage sometimes. Maybe that's bad leadership, but I don't care. If I want to create a vulnerable culture, I need to be vulnerable, too. And I go through stuff, too. I doubt, too. I fear, too. But you can't grow until you take off your mask and say, this is who I am. Otherwise, you're not really growing. You're just building on a foundation of a false identity. And eventually that's going to cave in or you're going to get exhausted and leave. See, we're facing an epidemic in culture. I'm, getting, I'm almost done here. That people are constantly leaving the church. And I think that it's because that there's a culture within the church of having to put on a false identity and then you just get so tired of doing that and you've built so much and have so much weight on this false identity that eventually it comes crashing down. I don't want that to happen here. I want everyone to know that you are loved and you are accepted and what we want is you. I don't care what that means because some of you might be thinking, if only you knew. I don't care. If only you knew. We want real. We want community. Community grows individually, and then community grows. I love this. Community grows in numbers, too. Good community. It says that they added daily the number that was being saved. You know what that means to me? That says to me that back in the day, there wasn't social media. There wasn't even phones. I don't know how they did it, to be frank. But that means that what? They were talking. They were talking to their friends. They were, they were talking to people about, this is, what, this is who Jesus is. Have you heard of him? They were showing Jesus' love actively and inviting people into their community and saying, I've, I'm accepted here, so I want to show you the acceptance of Christ and invite you into this acceptance as well. That's what we need to be doing, too. I think we need to add that into our culture is community grows, community invites, community brings people Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you for this morning. God, we thank you that you accept us for who we are, where we are, no matter what our mistakes were, no matter what our past looks like. We thank you that 
with you, we start from acceptance, and then we go from there. Lord, today I pray that this would resonate with us, and we would just feel in a deep place in our hearts our acceptance, that you accept us. But you can only accept us if we give you all of us, God, and so I pray that we'd start to tear down, down the walls and be vulnerable and be real with you and be real with other people because until we do that, we're missing out on our relationship with you and we're missing out on the beauty of relationship with other people. Jesus, we ask this all in your name. Amen.